intelligence is the ability one has or the drive one has to consistently learn more about themselves and the world around them. Intelligence is being smart. It's being smart. Intelligence is one's ability to learn, understand, and then to apply that knowledge. Intelligence is being well-rounded in what you know and what you apply your knowledge to. Intelligence is when you can learn a lot and you're good at school. Intelligence is the inherent or learned expression of gaining knowledge and also the ability to understand that you don't know everything and should continue to learn more and more each day. Uh, I think being intelligent is always asking questions about the world around you. Intelligence is having a sharp mind. How smart you are. So what is your definition of intelligence? Hi, I'm Kylie. And I'm Lana. As you just heard, there is not one generalized definition of intelligence among individuals. So, who are we to measure such an immeasurable idea? Society puts too much pressure on molding people to fit their standard of intelligence. Intelligence is not a one-size-fits-all. According to the Journal of Clinical and Experimental Neuropsychology, intelligence testing has been around since the late 1800s, originating from Elizabeth Kite, Alfred Binet, and Theodore Simon. The Binet-Simon test was developed in order to sift through children to pick out those with developmental delays. It's interesting to hear how it was first thought to be used. The object of the committee were, and I quote, to disseminate knowledge concerning the extent and menace of feeble-mindedness and to suggest and initiate methods for its control and ultimate eradication from the American people. End quote. Objections to the scale include it was said to measure education rather than intelligence, it doesn't account for adaptability to environments, and it doesn't include mental habits or biases. Since IQ tests have evolved to be used for instances including getting accepted in high-profile societies and much more. Not only do individuals have differing definitions of intelligence, so do cultures. The article What IQ Tests Test states how and I quote, the structure of thought depends upon the structure of the dominant types of activity in different cultures, end quote. In addition, there are many factors that can affect one's IQ or performance on any type of intelligent test. The same article explains how numerous environmental correlates of IQ have been frequently reported, such as demographic factors like social class, ethnic group, urban versus rural dwelling, and even parenting styles. So not only is it extremely difficult to measure intelligence without a generalized definition, there are many other factors that need to be taken into consideration on how they can affect one's IQ. That's great, Kylie. This article brings forward an excellent point and reiterates what our main argument is, and that is that other factors besides what these intelligence tests currently measure need to be taken into account. Moving on from IQ tests, there are other forms of intelligence testing in the genre of standardized tests, including the ACT, SAT, and graduate admission tests, including the GRE, LSAT, and more. The same goes for these tests. 
Who are we as a society to use one test as a standard of measurement for an ever-changing, extremely diverse array of individuals? There are many critiques on standardized tests, and many universities and schools are beginning to waive these scores, perhaps no longer even considering them for admission purposes. So Kylie, how do you feel about this? I think it's difficult um, to answer that question because there does need to be a way to measure um, students against each other in a way for um, purposes of seeing who is going to be the best fit and who is going to help the school or program further what they embody. But the issue I have with standardized tests is that these tests don't um, really represent the student as a whole. It doesn't represent what the student has been doing outside of school or um, even just if they've had a struggle or anything like that. So. I'm kind of on the fence with that one because it shouldn't be cut out completely, but there needs to be something that will help the schools pick the best students for that program. Yeah, I completely agree with most of what you said. I feel like there definitely needs to be some standard, especially for school admission purposes. I think if we read these standardized tests that have been the fundamentals for so long, what would the process look like to get accepted into schools? What I do think is there needs to be a higher emphasis on pretty much what you said, like what the individual has done rather than their quote unquote intelligence. I say that meaning to a certain extent because I do not think we should abandon those who are, you know, extremely school oriented and smart as we deem that. But. I totally agree with what you're saying. I think that definitely also brings in the topic of Ivy League schools because those schools are very school oriented or well academic oriented and they want students who are very school driven and smart as you said we that people have deemed um but i think that also if the standardized test were cut out completely those types of schools would lose the prestige that they have and then there wouldn't be some sort of, there wouldn't be any difference between the Ivy League schools versus just other schools. So how else could we approach this? Would it be achievement-based? Would it be involvement or maybe need-based? Um, I think there's already an emphasis on giving to the less fortunate in most universities at least. But is this an admission stage or just the scholarship phase? I'm not entirely sure. Perhaps we could get to a more personable approach. I love the idea of each applicant getting a personal interview with a board or at least someone from the school or university. However, I'm not really sure how this would work with a multitude of students applying. And I think that's kind of the issue and perhaps why we have these tests in the first place because there's not a super easy or perfect by any means method. But I'd know that think that we could work together and come up with a solution for the betterment of all involved. I think that could be a great idea, but admission personnel already have a heavy workload of looking through essays, resumes, and transcripts that it puts too much work on them to work with students on scheduling an interview, especially if students are out of state or trying to find an online platform to work for everyone. 
Another issue I have with standardized testing is that those who are more fortunate are able to hire tutors, utilize more test prep books or classes, and take the test multiple times, which seems to be a little bit unfair for those who are less fortunate and cannot afford to do those things. Absolutely. You know, I was fortunate enough to be able to take it multiple times and be able to hire a tutor and put the work in to increase my score until I was remotely happy with it, but that's just not the case for a good majority of these students who are hoping to get into universities and schools who consider these. You know, if I remember correctly, I feel like it's around 60 or $70 just to take the test once, and that's not including the writing. So if you want to take the ACT with writing, that's near $100, and that's a lot to take it one time, much less if you want to increase your score and you have to take it multiple times and pay for a tutor. And not a lot of people are fortunate enough to be able to do that, to get the scores that they are comfortable with sending to the schools they want to apply to. On the contrary, some people think that standardized testing is the way to go. An article written by the National Test Prep Association explains how all standardized testing assesses competency. They mention that, quote, we feel more comfortable on airplanes flown by pilots who have passed tests certifying their ability to fly, end quote. Well, that statement is true. I definitely do feel more comfortable knowing that the pilot of the plane that I'm on is certified. That's different than standardized tests to get into schools or graduate programs. The same article does make a great point that any type of standardized test is just that, standardized. Everyone receives the same exam and is scored on the same scale. This does ensure that the test is fair to everyone and there are no advantages on the day of the test. Well, I think that point is valid that the article brings up. I think it's a completely different ballpark we're talking about. Pilots are taking that test to ensure that they are competent and able to do their jobs and trusting the lives of and the safety of hundreds, thousands of passengers. That's completely different than students applying to get into universities or graduate programs. In addition, standardized tests do not take into account students' lives or achievements outside of the academic realm. I know from personal experience that my ACT score didn't represent me in the way that I wanted to present myself to college admissions. My score didn't reflect how hardworking I was or how I was able to balance a part-time job alongside my course load. Also, those scores don't show the hardships students are facing in their daily lives. You never know what students are dealing with at home or in their personal lives that could affect their studies. There are several implications of IQ testing in relation to a human intelligence approach. From the Journal of Applied Research in Memory and Cognition, their theory explains the positive correlations between diverse tests on the basis of overlapping cognitive processes and reinterprets the general factor of intelligence, G, as a formative construct. The consequences include focus on specific abilities rather than a global score on cognitive test results. One of the oldest debates in psychology is general intelligence versus specific abilities. This article presents an idea of what they call process overlap theory, or POT, where correlations among performance measures from different tests are made without proposing a general cognitive ability. 
What POT does is focuses on the individual's limitations in cognitive functioning and explores strengths and weaknesses of mental flexibility and attention. Another thing I love about this article is that it mentions, and I quote, given that someone with an IQ of 130 and someone with an IQ of 100 are both capable of perceiving colors and learning to read, the importance of abilities measured by intelligence tests seems to be rather restricted. This quote paints an excellent picture of the limitations of IQ testing. They don't account for individual specific abilities. We clearly have stated that the two of us believe other factors need to be weighed in when considering an individual's intelligence. What are some ways this could look? Is there a practical way to factor in circumstantial factors or other abilities? An article diving into the future of intelligence tests suggests a more realistic approach to redefining the construct and what intelligence tests measure. The article by Jack A. Najillary explores the option of other testing options that could improve the evaluation of human intelligence. He specifies, and I quote, Pass scores, A, are more predictive of achievement test scores than any other ability test. B, show distinctive and stable profiles for students with different disabilities. C, can be used for SLD eligibility determination consistent with federal law when the discrepancy consistency method is applied to pass and achievement test scores. D, offer the most equitable way to measure diverse populations. And E, can be readily used for instructional planning and interventions. End quote. Pass stands for planning, attention, simultaneous, and successive, and is a theory that has been around since the 1960s. It is based on the functional aspects of brain structures as theorized by A.R. Luria. This is simply one method that researchers are utilizing to try to create a new type of intelligence test which incorporates more skills than what are currently being measured. So, will we see changes in intelligence testing in the future? Or will they continue to stay the same without considering the controversy they cause? Thank you so much for listening to what we have to say regarding this contemporary issue that is intelligence tests and how they are not reflective of their subjects. While intelligence testing has been around for ages, it is evident that there are a multitude of faults at hand. With our ever-changing world, society needs a better way to evaluate what we deem as intelligence, which we also showed is not a clear term. While some argue that there must be a standard to evaluate each individual on the same equal ground, it is clear that this is just not what results from IQ testing or even standardized tests. The contradicting argument we brought forward regarding the remark about the pilot exhibits this stance. We believe there are better ways to approach this issue. There needs to be implementing of a method to measure individuals' cognitive abilities while also taking into account their shortcomings, their environment, their culture, their upbringings, their struggles, and especially their successes. No one person can mold to fit the impression of society. So, how are we supposed to fit the mold that is these intelligence tests? Clearly, there are many different interpretations of intelligence and how it can be properly measured. Can it even properly be measured?